welcome. Glad to have you with us. It is seven minutes after the hour. Brian, you don't have uh, you don't have a, a sprinkler system at your house, do you? Yes, I do. Uh-huh. You do. Yep. Uh, do you have to drain it every year, or what do yeah, you do? Yeah, you're supposed to supposed to uh, take a uh, compressor to it and blow out all the lines before winter. Are you really? Yes. Do it's you a pain. Do it? uh, sometimes we do, but other times we don't. We don't use it that often. On occasion, we do, though. Yeah. But, oh. yeah, that uh, would prevent you from having to address a lot of <laughs> leaks the next year you turn what is it on. The, what's the frost line here in Columbia? I'm not sure. I mean, hmm. it's probably 30 inches or so. Well, up in Cleveland, it was uh, 36 inches. Okay. So I don't know what it would be, you know. We're a bit south of, uh, of Ohio, northeast Ohio. The, the new house has a sprinkler system. Mm-hmm. And literally, the last time I had a sprinkler system uh, to, to run was uh, when I was a kid uh, living in my parents' house. And that sprinkler system was installed in, like, 1931. So I'm sure that they've updated the technology since then. I know that it's PVC and, and not brass pipe, so now i got to figure out what to do with this thing before the cold weather hits. And I was... I thought, well, maybe, you know, the water is off. Yeah, it's a yearly procedure that uh, everybody has to go through if you uh, have a change of climate that definitely gets, you know, below zero or, you know, freezing, I meant. And then, yeah, you need to uh, probably take precautions. And So do you have an actual air compressor? I usually have someone come in and do it, and I don't. That's really all it takes is an air compressor with a fitting that you put on the you know area where the comes back into the house where you activate the irrigation system and do you have a, a are you zoned do you have different zones yes oh brother yeah. oh this is an expense i had an exp- i had I've well got an i mean comp- supposedly you just hook up to that one uh fitting and it's going to go you know where the water goes you're just blowing all that water out of the lines it's not that big of a deal. All right. Well, now I've got to do some homework on that because I've got one, uh, like I said, a sprinkler system. I haven't operated one. I haven't even turned this one on. Um, so now I've got to kind of figure out. And, and, and is there actually a sprinkler system comp- company that comes out and does this? Do you have a? Yeah, there's landscape uh, companies that do that. Landscapers. As, yes. Uh-huh. Huh. That'll be interesting. Oh, uh, boy. Extra added expense. All right. Uh, it is. Uh, and, and by the way, if you've got us, have you have you gone through a winter without doing it? Yeah. A couple different winters. We didn't use it very much one year at all, if, if, if at all. And we turned it on the next year and it was fine. Hmm. Yeah. Be my luck. It won't be. All right. I'll, I'll have to call somebody. To do that, I'm, I'm sure there's somebody out there that uh, that I can find. In the meantime, uh, two fake news organizations want the Supreme Court to review the case of a man who was arrested for making fun of the police. This is such a, an embarrassment. Um, the Babylon Bee joined the Onion in uh, in, in this uh, to call the Supreme Court up to defend the First Amendment right of an Ohio law that makes parody a felony. 
Apparently, the uh, the case, uh, the Institute for Justice, again, it's a libertarian group. Notice that? Uh, are, are taking this case to court. Guy in Parma, this is a, a, a southwest suburb of Cleveland, uh, who in 2016 pro was prosecuted for violating a state law against using a computer to disrupt, interrupt, or impair the functions of any police, fire, uh, educational, commercial, or government operation. Uh, he supposedly did that by creating a parody of the Parma Police Department's Facebook page. Among other things, the fake Facebook page included a job notice saying the department is strongly encouraging minorities to not apply. A warning that Parma had banned food ho uh, handouts so the homeless population would have to leave our city due to starvation. And an announcement of uh, an official stay inside uh, and catch up uh, with a family day. Uh, during which uh, anyone venturing outside between noon and 9 p.m. would be arrested. Police department wasn't amused. They retaliated by investigating Novak, searching his apartment, seizing his electronic equipment, arresting him, and bringing charges that could have sent him to prison for up to 18 months. A jury acquitted him. He filed a federal lawsuit against several officers who were involved in the case, arguing they violated his constitutional rights under the color of law. But last April, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit ruled the defendants were prosecuted, uh, uh, that uh, the defendants were protected by qualified immunity. Uh, that's what shields uh, law enforcement from liability unless their misconduct violated, quote, unquote, clearly established law. The appeals court concluded that the cops reasonably found probable cause in an unsettled case uh, the judges uh, can debate, noting both the city's law director and the judges who issued the warrants agreed with them. For obvious reasons, the bee and the onion, by the way, left and right leaning, is alarmed by the implication that people have no recourse against cops who arrest them for making fun of government agencies. The bee is serving a brutal life sentence um, in, uh, in Twitter jail as we speak says that it's uh, amicus brief in Novak v. the city of Parma. Its writers would very much like to avoid a consecutive sentence in a government-run facility. The premise of the prosecution was that he had disrupted police operations by prompting calls about his parody to the department's non-emergency line. Left in the hands of the Sixth Circuit and the Parma PD and other like-minded law enforcement, the speech-stifling Ohio statute uh, used to go after Mr. Novak empowers state officials to search, arrest, jail, and prosecute parodists uh, without fear of ever being held accountable. The upshot for the B is that Ohio, uh, in Ohio at least, its writers would be jailed for many, if not most, of the articles the B publishes, provided some uh, someone contradicted law enforcement. Uh, or another entity protected by the Ohio law to tell them the articles exist. Consider a March 3B story headlined, Donut Sales Surge as Police Departments Refunded. If someone had called the Parma Police Department to let them know that the B published the article, the brief suggests, the publication could have been charged with a felony. Its offices searched and its writers arrested and jailed for days, all without consequence for the parties doing the charging, arresting, jailing, and searching. Likewise, if an officer's 
passive-aggressive brother-in-law had forwarded the article to a cop's official email address, thereby interrupting his work. This is a bad law. Police had no business arresting this guy. The Supreme Court has got to say, no, this cannot stand. It is just devastating uh, that, that they would be so petty is to go after this guy for his satire. It's absolute nonsense. Uh, bad news, perhaps, coming up if you love steak and more. That's next. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. It is, uh, what is it? It's, uh, it's 19 minutes after 10 o'clock. Glad to have you with us. Uh, if you're into uh, steak or hamburger, you might have a problem coming up. Apparently, because we're in a drought, and no, it's not man-made global warming, uh, but apparently because we're in a drought, uh, there is a shortage of cattle. Online meat delivery company Good Ranchers warned consumers on social media that a meat recession is knocking and supply is about to be tight as cattle herd continues to shrink. The cattle herd has shrunk due to droughts. Um... Our total meat supply for the coming year is down significantly. This is one of the main reasons meat, uh, a meat recession is coming. Oh, please, not a meat recession. <laughs> no. There's so many jokes here. Oh, uh, yeah, but keep it clean. Uh, the cattle herd has shrunk due to droughts, um, and our meat, uh, total meat supply in the coming year is down significantly. Uh, apparently, uh, beef... Cattle supplies are going to continue to contract throughout 2023, pushing beef prices for consumers uh, well uh, the, the, well into the first half of 2024. This is bad news uh, for me because I love steak. According to it, especially if it's from CC City Broiler, according to the United States Department of Agriculture, the number of cattle moving from pasture into a feedlot to be conditioned for slaughter in September fell 4%. Uh, that was nationwide year over year. Uh, in areas like Kansas, uh, it was as high as 11%. Is Kansas experiencing that much of a drought? I'm 11? not sure. Apparently. Uh, the issue is that uh, the drought has been lingering in cattle-producing states. Uh, there's been an acute drought in those states for really the better part of 2022. All right, so if you're growing cattle here in Missouri, uh, are, is is there a, a problem with uh, drought? Is that affecting you? I'm I'm curious because I I haven't noticed it being that dry. A little bit, maybe, but what do you think, Brian? Does it seem like it's... Yeah, I mean, it has been... Uh, we've been little... getting a lot less rain than, you know, we typically get this time of year. And, you know, there's a lot of fires springing up here and there. And the one that uh, recently happened out in Wooldridge. Yeah, that was uh, bad. So, but I can't speak for the farmers because I'm not a, like, yeah. a cattle person. If you're a cattle rancher, give me a call. 800-529-5572. Or eight seven four ninety three ninety. Just how bad is this? Um, kind of curious. Is it? Doesn't Roy raise cattle too? Roy's a cattle rancher. I don't know. Uh, let's go to somebody who who does know. Um, Jim, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? 
I didn't even know, Gary. Uh, I wonder what the price of diesel is affecting the uh, price of uh, beef. Well, if you gotta, you know, if you gotta move the uh, the beef by uh, the tractor trailer, uh, you're, you know, you're going to be suffering. Uh, that's that's going to be a problem. But if you're a, if you're a cattle rancher, give me a call and uh, let me know what's going on. If this drought is that severe, if it's affecting, you. we just had a guy call yesterday, didn't we? He was a cattle rancher, and I think so. He yeah. said his uh, he is uh, he's got a part time job. To pay to pay for his ranching job, because apparently uh, he's, you know, his feed and the price of the beef were equal. There was no profit involved. And I'm curious to see if the drought is a part of this. Brent, welcome to the program. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Um, you know, you were talking about diesel taking it to uh, taking cattle to the livestock market. Well, you got to also understand that it takes diesel to to generate hay and uh, about everything we do on a farm is all diesel generated. Uh, the other thing is uh, because of the drought, uh, most of us have got uh, half to uh, two-thirds of the amount of hay that we would normally carry to feed this winter. And uh, there's a lot of people that are selling cattle because they don't have the hay nor can they afford to buy the hay because when hay is uh, scarce, the law of supply and demand takes over, and then you can't afford to buy the hay to feed the cattle. So uh, it's a multiple uh, multiple effects, but uh, the drought is is hurting uh, a lot of guys really bad, and we're we're probably about two thirds of the of the normal amount of hay that we would generally carry into the winter. And did you, um, did, was this drought just this year? Well, th this was the worst year. I mean, last year we generated enough hay to get through the winter, but I fed every bale I had. But uh, this year uh, I just sold some, some calves, and I sold some that's uh, maybe a little too early. Uh, but uh, I also needed to get the numbers down so I could have enough hay to feed the rest of the cows. All right. So when you get rid of the the excess cattle, well, you know what? I'm <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna go and get some other callers too. Uh, boy, I, well, I certainly hope that there's a solution to this problem because uh, I don't want to pay any more for for steak than I already do, uh, or ground beef or any of the other products. Uh, and I imagine there's a lot that we get out of cattle, from the leather to uh, just everything. Um, all right, uh, Brent. Thank you, and, and best of luck to you. Thank you. All right. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Man, that's got to be tough. Ross, you raised cattle. Did you do the same thing? That yeah, yeah. I, I agree with your last your last caller. It's it's uh, this year has been a pretty pretty bad experience with uh, the drought right along I seventy, basically a few miles north and south. Uh, it's just the dry that we've run out of grass. And, you know, normally we don't start feeding hay till like first of December, and I've already been feeding hay on one farm for a month and a half because. You know, we just run out of grass. There's just nothing there for them. And uh, water is short. I know guys that's already buying water to water cattle because the pond has gone dry. Luckily, I've got water. Uh, I've got hay, but I don't have a lot of hay because, you know, we only, like like that last guy said, we only had raised about a two-thirds of a crop of hay. So, you know, we have a bad winter like the old-timers, the old, old wise tales are saying. 
Uh, it could be a rough winter. There could be a lot of cattle going to uh, going to slaughter or going the sale barns to be done something with or shipped to other places where there is grass. Uh, you know, maybe late January, February, early March, because they're just flat going to run out of something to beat them. So, um, has this happened to you before? I mean, have you experienced this, or have old timers yeah, said, "Well"? In 2012, I burned up literally. My pasture looked like uh, the Sahara Desert, and I started feeding hay in uh, the first of June. And I was scratching and digging, trying to find hay. And luckily, I found some some older hay that I did feed the cows. I supplemented some corn and some protein to get through. And I kind of sneaked through that year. But this year is going to be another tough year. And you know, we've we've had a couple of years in the past that. We haven't raised an abundance of hay. We've kind of, like the glass guy said, we've kind of snuck through. And uh, we didn't carry any hay over from last year because we fed everybody we had last year. So what we got this year is going to be a short crop. And it, it could get interesting in February and March. So this is cyclical. This happens historically every so many years. It just periodically you get a bad year. It seems to be that way. It's ever so many years that this happens. And, you know, the, the good years, you try to stockpile hay and, and, and uh, so that get prepared for the bad years. But we really haven't had the good years the last few years to be able to stockpile the extra feed uh, to feed the cattle through the winters. I know a lot of my neighbors have cut silage and they've planted triticale, which is a, a forage, uh, kind of a forage grass type stuff. Uh, and other things, and they bailed it and uh, cut silage to, to get through. But everybody doesn't have the accessibility and the, the equipment to do all of that. So, uh, it, 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 like I say, it could be a tough year for some people. All right. Ross, uh, thank you, and best of luck to you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. That sounds uh, really tough. Uh, Richard, welcome. How are you? Hey, Tom's morning to you, Gary. Um, I've got uh, a 250-acre century farm with about a 40 head cattle processing uh, going on. And I have been feeding hay since uh, end of July, 1st of August. Uh, my hay production on 60 acres three years ago was 450 round bales, four by fives. Last year, that was down to 250. This year, I put on more fertilizer at a higher cost and only got 115 bales out of that 60 acres. And so I have done had to buy a trailer load of hay for $3,000 that I'll never see out of my cattle if I sell it on the lot because I'm at the mercy of the buyer. If he don't want to pay me for what I'm going to pay and what I need for the cattle, I got to get rid of them anyhow. And so I'm at a loss on the feed lot. I'm on the loss on hay. I'm lost on cattle. And wow. So, uh, and this is uh, 2012 uh, was a lot worse because my ponds dried up, my creeks dried up, and uh, and I had a had a 60-year-old uh, well that was uh, providing water to the cattle, and so I had to spend close to $30,000. All right, Richard, it, it sounds like a, a, but this is not a business I would want to be in. All right, Richard, thank you for the call. I'm out of time. I got no, I've got no choice. Uh, but I do want to talk about this a little bit more um, to see if there are any alternatives out there. Uh, if you're on the line, stay on the line. We're going to get right back to you. There is apparently a cattle shortage coming because of this drought that has hit the uh, area where, well, cattle are raised.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. Coming up, Trump is running. I'm just saying. I'll give you the news. Um, we're talking about cattle because apparently there's been a drought in the states where cattle are raised, uh, including here in Missouri, that has been significant enough they can't they can get the hay to feed the cattle. Uh, and so I've been talking to some of these cattle ranchers about what they're going to do. I remember, I think it was last Christmas, we did a thing about where you could buy beef. A lot of these ranchers will sell uh, beef, and you don't have to get it from uh, a grocery store or a butcher. Uh, but I, it, it's way down on the list at GaryNolan.com. I don't think we can even find it anymore. Uh, but some of these poor guys are, are really desperate, and they're starting to, to dump cattle because they can't afford to feed them. So I'm thinking they're going to take a beating, and the people who, the last men standing when the shortage hits uh, are going to be the ones who profit most um, handsomely. Roy, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. You raise cattle, I know. Yes, and it's not all quite that dark. I can't speak for the I-70 corridor. We're down in southern Missouri. But I just came back with three bags of beef because my freezer was getting shallow. Um, we've got plenty of grass. The barns were full, so we made plenty of hay this year. We always feed it out because <laughs> you don't want We don't need to have last year's hay. Um, it's about more than 900 acres, but two thirds of it's trees. We run about 80 head. But the thing that is the biggest problem, Gary, you, you're never going to believe this. But it's the government. Oh, right? yeah, I'm, I'm shocked. I am stunned. No, no, must not be something the else. They've taken all the profit out of the beef industry. My family likes to live there. We've had the farm, the ranch. Oh, God, i got to remember who I'm talking to. More than 100 years. Parts of it, anyway. And the rest of it, almost that long. Um, we like to live there. Everybody who has lived there in my family has actually made their money somewhere else. We go there to work, raise beautiful cattle, and eat them. And we give away, we give away. No, I'm not, not going to say we give away. We let our cattle and our extra hay go to people that we like. And there's a lot of people down there just yeah. like that. Yeah, and you like me, don't you? Very much. Okay. I'll and be and more specifically, that. not quite that much. Oh, well, that started to sound like I was going to get a deal on some beef, and then it went it went south very quickly. I go south very permanently here, not too long from now. Well, you can listen on the internet. Yeah, I know. I did on the way down. All right, good. Thanks. All right, uh, Roy. Thank you. I'll be talking to you about uh, my deal on beef uh, sometime <laughs> later. All right, take care, buddy. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Dave, you a cattle rancher? No, sir, uh, but my son is. And uh, But I, I raise equine, and, uh, uh, and it's, it's affected the equine industry also because it's uh, the hay I paid for, I buy round bales, and last year I was paying $35 for good uh, grass um, round bales, and this year they're $75 and all the way, I've seen it all the way up over $100 for uh, large uh, round bills. Uh, my son, who raises cattle and, along the I-70 quarter here, and, uh, and let me, uh, get, Gary, uh, we have been in a uh, critical drought 
in this area along the I-70. And, uh, but they're cutting trees down just to let the uh, cattle forage on the trees. That's how severe it is. Wow. And uh, they, their hay is, uh, they just have a few bales left. They don't know what they're going to do. They've got a, a, you know, I think I have about 40 head of the cattle. So uh, anyway, it's, it's not a, a good thing. And the price of diesel is just causing more more problems too. So, uh, I'm wondering why, you know, if it's right along the I-70 corridor, we just talked to Roy, apparently he's a bit south of that, uh, and, yeah. and they've got plenty of, uh, of hay. Wonder why you guys can't all get together and say, "Hey, this year we're short. Let's let's make a deal." Well, you know, uh, in the past, uh, as far as cattle and equine go, uh, when people got into a severe drought, um, I've seen that happen where other farmers from other states would say, you know, and not they'd sell you hay and not gig you on it. You know, yeah. uh, they, they'd uh, charge a fair price. I mean, you had to come get it or, or have a chip, but, uh, but I'm not seeing that this year. And, uh, cause I think there's so many States that have really been in a drought all the way through, uh, Oklahoma, uh, parts of Kansas, uh, down into Texas. They, they're in a severe drought there too. So, um, so uh, let me ask country. you, <laughs> let me ask you about your, your, your raising horses, right? I raise mules, gated mules, mules. Uh, saddle mules. Uh-huh. And, and and what's the market for that? I mean, who, who? oh, there's a strong market for it. But uh, the only thing is, is you know, with the um, uh, and, and I train too. I, I train mules, and how it's affecting me is that uh, you know I get people bring me mules from all over the country to train. The, uh, they can't afford to get uh, the uh, you know to. Uh, bring them here. One guy was coming from Texas, and he said, Dave, I'm going to have to hold up because he said it's going to cost me over $1,000 to uh, bring this mule up there, you know, round trip. What do they and use the mule? In a couple of months and, and pick it up, you know. What, so, do, uh, what would, Dave, what do they use the mules for? I mean, what? Oh, just trail riding. Oh, just trail riding. So, yeah, uh-huh. oh. they're saddle mules, and uh, that's what I raise and train them for, uh-huh. Yeah. But, I'm trying yeah. to think of the place. You know, I could see if you, if the Grand Canyon, for instance, uh, you might have a, uh, pardon me, madam, uh, where that might be, uh, you know, something you'd want to, to buy. But there, there, there's... Oh, no, uh, it's a very, uh, more, more people, especially older people, are going to mules because um, they're not as flighty. They're not as nervous. They're, you know, they're a good calm gentle uh critter to uh to trail ride on uh, they have a lot of sense uh about them um and i used to raise horses and uh and train horses but now I've, I've gone to mules and i've done it over the last 30 years 30 plus years now <laughs> wow but, uh, no there's a good market for them and uh, i've got people coming next week to look at uh, some of my stock aren't they, aren't they kind of like for a tall person, a mule is a, a quite a bit smaller than a horse, isn't it? I uh, know. Yeah, I mean, there's you know, I have uh, mules that are fourteen hands, and I have uh, had mules that I've trained. I don't own anything that large, but I've got a fifteen hand mule right now. She's gonna end up over fifteen, but I've trained mules for people that were sixteen, seventeen, uh, one even eighteen hand uh, mules. Wow. And, uh, I had so, no idea the market for that even existed. That's interesting. Oh, yeah, it's an incredible market, yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Dave, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary thank Nolan you. Show. 
Thank wish you. you. I wish you the best of luck. Hope you get the hay that you need. Brian, did you ever think that there was a, a market no, for I did mules? Not, but, I mean, I assume somebody was filling the, the niche for it, but I never really thought about it. Yeah. I mean, the only place I could think of until this conversation was, uh, you know, like uh, the mules they used to go down the Grand Canyon. And, it, and by the way, if you do that, now I've not experienced this, but it's my understanding that they walk right on the outer edge. They won't walk down the middle or stay close to the uh, to the uh, cliff face. They walk right on the outer edge. I'm acrophobic. I don't, I don't think I would uh, want. I'd rather walk down than uh, than uh, be, be on the outer edge all the way down. All right. So uh, the drought is uh, affecting cattle even here in Missouri. Uh, it's uh, in Nebraska, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Texas. And there may be a shortage. Uh, boy, we hope that turns around soon. Uh, when we uh, when we come back, President Trump, well, he, he may be getting ready to launch. Details coming up. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. Democrats are going to be inspired. The FBI will be inspired. We'll see what happens. Uh, good morning. It is uh, 1049, and uh, Reince Priebus, uh, who was uh, President Trump's uh, former uh, White House chief of staff, said, quote, I'm like 95% sure he's going to run. Uh, aides to the former president are making quiet preparations for a 2024 presidential campaign that could be launched soon after next week's midterm elections. As Trump tries to capitalize on expected Republican wins to propel himself toward becoming the front runner for his party's nomination. Another campaign would be a remarkable turn for any former president, much less one who made history as the first to be impeached twice and remain embroiled in multiple and intensifying criminal investigations, including probes of classified information held at Mar-a-Lago. And his effort to pressure election officials to overturn the results of the 2020 election. Trump has a history dating back to the 1980s of publicly toying with the White House bids only to back down. And I remember thinking he wasn't really going to run this time either. Uh, but here the last time, the first time. But he did and he won, as you all know. Uh, and then uh, he's, he's looking at another run. It's... Uh, who was the last one to do that? Teddy Roosevelt? Who who ran uh, twice but not uh, back-to-back? I, I, th- I thought it was Roosevelt. Uh, in any case, he is going to, and he's been impeached twice. Now, if you don't think that's going to inspire Democrats to find a way to prosecute this guy, <laughs> then you're, you're in a coma. Because they... D- This would be, and there's a part of me that's gleeful about the possibility. Really, it would be such a slap in the face to the Democrats. It would be fascinating, especially if the Republicans held the House and the Senate. Now, this doesn't mean that I'm a big Trump fan. I mean, I think he did some things very, very well. But at the same time, um, it, it, there is just this certain amount of glee that I would get uh, if he came back and 
and especially if it was a matchup with Joe Biden. Oh, would that be fun? Um, I think the Republicans have better choices, but this would this would be uh, this would energize the left in ways you can't imagine. If it, and if the Republicans manage to take control of the Senate, and the Supreme Court is just a little sluggish on that, uh, you know, he has to give up his uh, IRS uh, tax returns. That could go away if the Republicans take over before the Supreme Court decides uh, whether or not he has to share those tax records. The Democrats are going to drop, or, or the Republicans rather, are going to drop it, and they desperately want those tax records so they can find something in them to prosecute him for. And the irony of all this, because that's the only reason for this, it's not because they want to figure out how to change and improve tax laws. It's, it's solely so they can find something to hang their hat on, and they are desperately looking for that. Are you saying it's another fishing expedition? Do I sound cynical? When I, when I say that, do I sound cynical? No, uh, oh, not at okay. all. Okay, well then it's another fishing expedition. <laughs> it absolutely is. They are desperate to get something they can hang on. one for since 2016. <laughs> yeah, well. They, they haven't caught anything yet. They no. haven't been successful yet, but, you know, that little tenacity and perseverance, they'll, they'll find something. Nobody who has a corporation the size of his can... You know, can argue that they didn't somewhere cross an IRS line, whether intentionally or by accident. You can't. I mean, there's just too many rules. Thousands and thousands of pages. So if they get them, I'm sure they'll find something. But if there was something really blatant, don't you think the IRS would have gotten him by now? I mean, they audited him constantly. The IRS would have had him. It would have fined him and, and moved along. But they haven't. So it is. It is just a fishing expedition. Uh, it, it, I, I greet this with mixed emotions. The other thing is that the Democrats will use this to inspire Democrats to vote. Because they all are of the impression that Trump is somehow the great evil from out of the East. And that you got to come out and, you know, you, you got to crush this guy. Timing is everything. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see how this, uh, how this pans out. But it will inspire the left. By the way, do you remember earlier in the program when I said I can, uh, you know, the Democrats always look for new ways to bribe voters? I said they're, they're always tilting at some windmill, promising some freebie. And I'm always surprised because I think, well, that's it. There's nothing left you can give away. Well, <laughs> They do have something else they can give away. Uh, we'll get to it uh, perhaps uh, right after the top of the hour. In the meantime, Chuck is on the line. Chuck, welcome. How are you? Pretty good. Well, I've said it on your show several times. Uh, I was, I've was i been skeptical of Trump runs again. I didn't want all the fiascos again. But I've kind of had uh, – I've developed another thought about that since – and it might actually be a good thing in the fact that it might keep them so busy, the Democrats, focused on just him, 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 
that if he is elected, he'll do like he did last time. In spite of it all, he'll still get a lot of good things done while they're at least not focused on destroying the country and only on destroying him. But that's just my new well, take they, on Well, they actually won't be able to destroy him uh, if the Republicans have control of the House and the Senate. They'll yeah, but you know be... they're greedy and they hate him so much they'll still be focused on him. Look, he's not even in office all this time and they've still been doing it. So, <laughs> yeah, it'll be. I'll tell you who who'll do it. It'll be the uh, Justice Department. They'll do the well, bidding yeah. uh, for the Democrats, uh, and and they will yeah. leave no stone unturned. And this is the only point in history where I'd say that you're absolutely right. In, in the past, I wouldn't have thought that, but. But nowadays, I sure would agree with you on that. All right. Chuck, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Brandon, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? I'm doing great, Gary. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, yeah, I mean, just you know, th thinking about you know Trump running again, it's one of those things where, uh, number one, he would do so much of a better job. I mean, I liked a lot of things that he did uh, in, his, in his first term. But I, I think if... If Trump really cares about the country getting on the right track, like, you know, if he actually stepped away from himself on some level, I think he'd be able to see that he brings a little too much to the table that can disturb what he actually wants to get done. And ideally, what I would like to see would be a DeSantis and a, a Carrie Lake out in Arizona. And I don't care which one of them will be running for president or VP, but just that ticket with a strong backing by Trump, I think could take the GOP in just a, an incredible direction. Yeah, that would be quite the ticket, wouldn't it? Carrie Lake is just knocking him dead uh, out in Arizona, and she's, uh, I think she's a terrific candidate. Uh, you know the old joke about uh, good news, bad news, uh, mother-in-law driving my new car over the cliff? Do, do you remember that joke? <laughs> I don't think I know that one. Yeah, that's the good news, bad news joke. Uh, you know, the, the bad news is my uh, my new car is driven over the cliff. The good news, my mother-in-law is driving. <laughs> so, uh, and that's what uh, Trump running for office. It's kind of like the good news, bad news joke. Uh, the good news is, uh, won't it be fun to see him embarrass the Democrats? Uh, the bad news is, won't this be a rough road? Right. And, and I think that ticket with DeSantis and Lake, they have the ability to call out the same ridiculous nature that, that the Democrats, I want to say leftists actually, are bringing to the table within the Democrat Party. But they can, they're doing it with a, um, a little less Trump, let's just put it that way. So. Yeah, just a little bit classier communication uh, skills. All right, Brandon, thank you for the call. I got to run. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Biden administration has found a new way to bribe voters. They never, ever stop finding new ways to do that. That's next. This is the Gary Nolan Show.